four, three, two, one, zero. Let's start the party. You're listening to All Famous Radio Show. Keep it on. Whatever pain you've been through, whatever pain you're going through, know that it wasn't sent to make you weaker. Know that it was sent to make you stronger. Trust that it wasn't sent to beat you down, but to raise you up. Trust that it wasn't sent to break you, but to make you. Think of your life like a giant puzzle. In order to complete the puzzle, the masterpiece that is your life, every piece of your puzzle is just as important as the other. You have different shapes, different colors. On their own, they seem random and incomplete, but together, they make sense. Once all the pieces come together, you can see the bigger picture. You have to be able to see the bigger picture in your life, or at least have faith your puzzle will come together in time. But your puzzle won't come together unless you have your eyes open. If you quit and walk away, your puzzle will never come together. If you give up at the first sign of struggle, you might not get to see the bigger picture of your life. Your masterpiece will come together, piece by piece, if you keep going. Your pain is a part of the puzzle that is your life. You might think to yourself, I could do without those pieces, but without them, you're not whole. You're missing something. Every single part of a puzzle is as important as the next piece. And likewise, every single event of your life made you who you are today. Without pain and struggle, you wouldn't have strength and character. Without negative people, you might not appreciate the positive people in your life. Without that rejection or breakup, you might not have been guided to something better. Without that person saying you couldn't do it, you might not have the motivation to do it. Without sadness and depression, you might lack the compassion and caring you have today. Without experiencing what you do not want, you may not be so clear as to what you do want. Without painful endings, you may not have been led to that great new beginning. There is a reason and a purpose in everything, and a true blessing in everything, if you can open your eyes to see it, and open your heart to know it. Don't ask why me. Don't say I didn't deserve this. Ask how can I use this? How can this make me strong, better, wiser? Use the pain in your life as fuel to take you wherever you need to go. Use the mess in your life as a blessing to take you someplace better. Have faith and trust that some endings are sent for new beginnings. It might not feel great at the time, but keep your head up and be open to the fact that you deserve better and if you keep believing, you'll get better. Be open to the fact that you can't see the rest 
of the puzzle just yet, but just trust it will be a masterpiece. If you keep believing, have faith, keep growing, and working on yourself, everything will come together perfectly at the right time. All of us experience pain in hard times. Only some of us use that pain to grow. Don't just go through it. Grow through it. It will make you better if you can find the courage inside you to keep going. Come out the other side of your pain stronger, better, and wiser. Your greatest life cannot be lived without the strength that comes from your struggles. Your best life cannot be lived without great challenges. Trust this is a part of life. Find the purpose in the pain. Be one of the few who see the message in the mess. Be one of the few who gain the strength through the struggle, who see the blessing in the lessons.
hello and welcome. That was the sound of the LA boppers there. With whatever it was that you did to me. And at the top of the hour, we had Pain is Part of the Puzzle. That was our motivational speech at the top of the hour. I am Wimbo77. And I... Oh, Naturally Lily. Guys, what a lovely treat. Naturally Lily is in the studio hello, tonight. Hello, and hello. we're going to say hello there to TikTok. Hi, TikTok. We're going to also say hello to the chat room crew. How are you doing, chat room? As well as the tuning crew, as well as the worldwide crew. And all of you silent listeners out there, how are you doing, world? Well, hello, Naturally Lily. Hola. How are you? Hot. Hot. <laughs> I'm tired. Hot and tired. Oh, I tell you, I've, not, I've just had a long going, 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 one of those days. A going, 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 going day. Mm. You know one of them ones, isn't it? Yep. And Literally the same. On meetings back. Back to back to back all day. Yeah, it can be a bit of a tough one, but it's lovely just to get through the day and to be here in the hot seat of All Flavours Radio, right? Yeah. It's wonderful. It's wonderful and great to have you as well. Great to have you in. So um, DJ KJB is having a little break and I must say we will be having um, various different presenters in with us, with myself, um, throughout the, the next coming months. So we're going to shake it up a little bit. So we'll have Lily in, naturally Lily in. We're going to have Kashmir in with us, as well as DiCarlo will be joining us as well. So it's going to be fun, fun, fun all the way. So in line with that, we do have quite a fair bit planned and lined up today. So I'm going to just um, pull up the, the notes because <laughs> I thought I had them done beforehand but here we go and we're going to ask really what our question for this week is naturally Lily can you see that question audience question yes will the Caribbean community survive population decline will the Caribbean community survive population decline it's quite an interesting question isn't it it is and I've seen something on this this week last week actually which mm. I found very interesting but I understand I understand it awesome so we'll be looking in on that and we're saying a big hi there to DJ B Funk how you doing B Funk and yeah all of our DJs over the start ends amazing things always as well as yesterday evening we'll be giving you a shout very very soon okay we also have a scenario which is quite an interesting one um, for today and it's it's a woman she stops seeing a guy her new boyfriend before because her ex found out and threatened the both of them so what would you have done in that situation that is what our scenario is so we'll be tackling that a little bit late, later but remembering that our question will the Caribbean community survive population decline so moving on swiftly then naturally Lily we are looking at how to protect your social media account um you know because i know a couple of people that were hacked mm. and it's just really nice just that it's almost like housekeeping isn't it they call yeah. it 
um, at work, if you have certain things, it's housekeeping and how we can protect ourselves on social media because there are a lot of bots. There's I found this out. There's different bot names for bots and all this kind of thing, mm. things that spy, things that do tasks and so on and so forth. So how can we protect ourselves when it comes to our social media? What would you say naturally, Lily? Um, regularly changing your password mm. is one thing. Um, and I've found out y- yesterday, actually, if you're logged in, so say, for example, you've got an Outlook account, like my phone, for example, saves the password. And if you change your password in one place, um, delete the account off of the other place because they interfere with one another. So then making sure you update all the places that you <laughs> saved your password. So what do you mean delete? So like my phone stores my passwords. Yeah. Um. So Facebook, for example, if I update my password on a desktop computer, delete the password saved in my phone. Mm. and then re-enter the new password to log in again. Okay, because I've been having trouble doing that. Um, I've got my password saved here, tried, no, password saved on my desktop, tried to log in on my laptop and it won't do it. Because you have to delete your cache. Because cache is what collects oh, all the memories. So you have to is. delete the cache, reset okay. everything, and then allow yourself to log back in yeah, again. Yeah, because it just, it, it just, oh, it's a bit of a pain. So I'm not like, logged in here. So I've got two computers open. Like, you know, we are going through this crisis, what they say, electric. If you see the amount of electric we're burning in here mm. tonight, it's just not even, yeah, we're just joking. But yeah. yeah, we're talking about protecting our social media accounts. And Facebook works to provide a safe environment for every user. To maintain this, Facebook has community standards as well as guidelines that inform us what's allowed and what isn't allowed, okay? So Facebook quickly responds to anyone who compromises community standards, trust and safety, violations, and can immediately result in deleted pages, content, and disabled accounts. But that has absolutely nothing to do with your password. I know, I know. But I guess if you violate standards, because I know that I have that... Um, you can't get into your account, and that's quite worrying, isn't it? Yeah. What do you say? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that only applies when they don't like something that you've posted. Yeah. So their guidelines are very. They can they can block you for doing anything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They can they can um, stipulate that you've abused their community guidelines by saying yes <laughs> mm. there's loads of things if you actually read the guidelines they're very broad yeah. um and i don't know how that protects your password but well i know on yeah. tiktok that there's been a few people in jail for liking too many people we know that trend that's been going you know yeah. <laughs> but we won't go into that one but protecting your password then your facebook and instagram passwords should be unique and never shared with anyone mm. so you've got to create a strong password to protect it so not because the thing is, I know on Facebook, for instance, they have this this um, thing where it says, this is my auntie, this is my son, this is my daughter. This was years ago they had this. Yeah. yeah. I never, ever followed that because once they know who your children are, a lot of people tend to Guess use their name. children yeah. and the passwords and dates. Mm. So that is a no-no. Like if you're going to use your ch- child as a password, guaranteed you may get yeah, compromised, hacked. right? Yeah. So that's one thing. So create a strong password to protect your account 
Okay, so full of some of these tips. What are some of the tips naturally, Lily? Avoid anything personally identifiable. So names, phone numbers, birth dates or addresses. Mm. I don't know why anyone will put their number. You'd be quite surprised. As as <sighs> one of my students today had their name and a few numbers after it. So so normally someone might think, right, if it was me, uh, Natasha, mm. one, two, seven uh, uh, or no it might be natasha one two three yeah right because that's what people put just I know so someone easy to remember is password one two three four see <laughs> so people hackers hackers are really quite intelligent and password one two three four that will probably be one of the first things that they try to hack into your account and guaranteed they're going to be 100% successful. But a hacker isn't someone that's going to... Like, a hacker will get in whether they whether you have a safe password or not. Hackers mm. are very skilled at what they do. Yeah. And a simple password is easy for a hacker to bypass. It's other things like, you know, changing your IP address and all that kind of jazz. That, that makes it difficult for a hacker to kind of break into your account. Yeah. But if they want to get in, a hacker can get in. So we're, what we're talking about is trying to have as much protection as possible, though, isn't it? Yeah. In that sense. So please try not to use your birth dates or your first name or your child's name. So really, that's like personally something you can identify. Mm. So that's one way they can quite easily get in, right? Yeah. What about, it speaks about these um, at least six characters, character, characters long. Yeah, I would say eight with numbers mm. and a like an exclamation mark or an at sign. Yeah. So it says ensure that you have at least six characters long and use complex combinations of numbers, letters and punctuation marks. A lot of people make the mistake and make the first letter of the password a capital letter, um, which is easy. If someone can kind of guess the way your mind works, right? they can guess, oh yeah, the first one's a capital letter and the last few will be numbers. Whereas yeah. if you did like a capital letter in the in the middle so for example if your password was password mm. but it was small p an at sign and capital five SS. five <laughs> oh right yeah 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 word you've just shown us how your mind works there naturally anyway. but, well you know <laughs> but it's 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 harder to to kind of guess that kind of a password yeah as opposed to capital p password one two three four yeah yeah. Isn't it? See, I... Exclamation mark. Uh, <laughs> I've realised recently that I have to, for specific things, have different different passwords because that, again, what's quite dangerous is having everything in the same password. And right? this is the problem, though. When you have to remember 10 different passwords. Yeah. Case in point, I was off work for three weeks and I changed my password just before I went on leave. I cleaned my desk, which means I got rid of the post-it that I wrote the password oh, down on, yeah. which you're not I'm supposed to do. Today. Oh my you're goodness. not supposed to write your password down. And when I sat at my desk yesterday, I was like, oh, I can't remember my password. Mm. And I was on hold to the IT department for an hour at the start of my working day to try and get them to right. reset my password. So it's, it's quite, yeah, not writing them down. Or having a book and, mm. oh, it's a lot. So avoid using common words of your name, it says, in that sense of, yeah, just don't use your name. Yeah. Um, when it comes to passwords. So what about, how do we use a unique password then? 
that you're not using yeah. elsewhere. Like, so that's what we were just talking about there. So think of this: if you've logged in, if you've got a Facebook, an Instagram, a Twitter, a TikTok, <laughs> that's four passwords you've got to remember, and they've all got to be unique. So it can't be a variation of the word password. It's got to be <laughs> password, subject, text, wisdom. That that's you know what I mean. <laughs> you got to think of four different passwords, and that's only four applications. Mm. Yeah. We've got hundreds of things that we're logged so into. So many. Now everything comes online, comes with a password. We're yeah. talking about how to protect our social media sites. But in fact, when we look at when we look at it, there's a world of things mm. that we use passwords for that need to be protected. Yeah. So another thing as well, never share your password. Mm. But can you, do you think that that can be a bit tricky sometimes, not sharing your password it can if you need access to certain things so mm. like i don't share my password but if there was ever a time for example some well i never share it at work but i thought i know of examples where someone's needed access to something that's on someone's desktop mm. there's no other way you're going to get that other than if that person tells you their password but then when they get back into work, are they smart enough to change their password? Yes. Because that's if you're going to share it, then you have to automatically change it afterwards, isn't it? Yeah. But not a lot of people think to do that after they've said, "Oh, my password's Sunshine Thirty Three. And you think, yeah, you think, and then you forget, yeah, and then they have that access, yeah, that access. As long as I guess if you're in work, you're definitely going to use a unique password that no one else is going to guess as well, don't you think? No, you wouldn't. I guess someone's password at work. Wow. But you're smart naturally, Lily. That's the thing. You, you, you're good at those kind of things. So for extra security... <laughs> you never know. Change your vocation. Who knows? But for extra security, change your password every six months. Mm-mm. Every six months to protect your account. Why do you say mm Because at work, you've got to change it every 90 days. Every 90... days. Yeah. yeah. I, I know in... Um, what was it? I'm doing a course in college at the minute, so they ask you to change, and then yeah, they they ask you to change again. Yeah, yeah, it's a and couple of times throughout the course. A I lot think. of things now you mm. have to do that two two step authenticator thing, mm. where you've got to log in. So with our work at the moment, they say that things mashed up because yeah. of the heat, but I think someone hacked the system. Anyway, <laughs> they changed everything over, and then when we got upgraded and everything got changed we had to now set up two-step verification so if i log into my my laptop at home now my work laptop and a notification comes to my phone to i have to approve it yes and yeah. then it lets me log in so that that's better a, two steps and it is yeah it is because it? it's only coming through to to you yeah and, and then if someone random comes in then it can say oh was this you and you can mm. be like well no and then it says not to share that so if you get that password that, that mm. the authenticator sent over that is just just for you not for anybody else yeah so again that i i often find if the if it is a case that you can't remember passwords use a two-step authenticator mm. so that you can access your account so manage who can see you as friend on a facebook so changing your privacy settings to only friends off yeah or friends of friends but the thing is if you are a public figure for instance mm. or someone that is in the public domain that's quite hard because you unless you have a separate account that's personal but this is the issue it's like it's because i found as well 
when you have so obviously we have our business mm. and we do a lot of our promotion on TikTok and as much as people at work have seen it I'm like oh I'm going to block them <laughs> but now you can't do that because they know that it's it's free flowing isn't it yeah. so then it's kind of you're stuck between a, a it's tough it, yeah you, mm. so when you're in the public domain if you're in the public eye that's when it becomes difficult mm. to have that privacy but so I think definitely the two-step authenticator mm. is the way forward because then it comes just personally to you. Mm. Okay, so remove your personal profile from search engine results. Yes. Yeah. So yes. That that's your personal. But if you are a <clears throat> profiled character, then that becomes difficult. No. It yeah because you're public. But yeah. what I would say is don't use your name in your public profiles mm. because. Um, I did this on myself the other day, applied for jobs. Mm. And I thought, oh, what if they Google me? Because they can, jobs do that now. Yes, they do. They Google who they're interviewing or who they've offered a job to. Mm. Um, And if your name comes up first in the search bar, then they can see all of your information. Everything. Everything you've posted. If you are a controversial poster, you know, um, you're not going to want them to see that, are you? So you've really got to... Don't make your... If you are a public figure and you're a content creator, because that's what we're called now, content creators. that's right. um, Or influencer. Just be really careful about what you Don't make it your name. Don't make it your government name. Give yourself a business name, you know? Mm. So then that way, it's linked to you yes but, you but know, you're not searchable the thing is like you know i go out as wimbo 77 mm. and then obviously i have my publicly uh, my name that i work under mm. but they somehow have managed to link wimbo 77 with because you've done it somewhere name. before right so say for example your facebook name was mm. originally Natasha. Yeah. And then you changed it to Wimbo 77. Doesn't matter because it was previously saved as Natasha. See, beautiful. And you're going to have old posts. Yes. With that name. See, look at this. This is, we're looking and trying to discuss how we can protect ourselves on social media. Mm. And the thing is, it's quite a deep rabbit hole because, yes, we can have that two step authenticator. Yes, we can have a unique password or so forth but there's still many other ways I think in which they can get around you know things like like we said their removal of our personal Mm. profile but if we are public figures then how can we go about being private and keeping our you know keeping us or maintaining our safety on social media it can be quite difficult because I do know of a couple of cases where people have either lost their job mm. or they've been stalked because of the information that they've posted online. And there's someone that I... I don't think I follow them, but um, she made the point that whenever I post, I always post a day late. Okay. So say, for example, she's travelling. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm at the airport. You would never know she, she's been and gone to the airport yes. by the time she's posted yeah. it. Yeah. Because people see things in real time. And if there are weird people out there... Um, that's the easiest way for a stalker to find out where you live and, you know, posting pictures outside your door number and stuff like that. It's all crazy. But also mm. people that have um, abused other people online, so trolled other people online, these social media warriors will find out who you are. Yes. And they send this information to your employer now. They don't even... 
you know, try and come back with a response, they're like, oh, yes, Julie Andrews, you know, mm-hmm. I know you work in this place and we've contacted your employer. Once one person starts doing it, it's it's a rolling snowball. So, you know, I mean, don't post nonsense online, obviously, yeah. but you need to also protect yourself because nowadays everything is offensive. This is <laughs> everything's will be PC politically correct, isn't it? Yeah, and it's yeah. But the 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 thing is, it's just like we're talking about privacy, mm. safety, and and it can spill out. So we're talking about just trying to not not allow people to hack into our social media accounts, mm. but it can have further reaching effects, mm. like you've just said there, naturally, Lily, that it can affect your life. That yeah. people are turning up at your door. I was made very you know. aware of it when, um, so I never post the girls in uniform, mm. um, but it was someone made a point that taking pictures like outside of the school when it's there, when they go back to school, yeah. someone can go and Google the name of that school and then search you, search children. It's it's all very, that as much as you don't like to think about it in that way, mm. there are very... Um, not very nice people that also have access to the same internet and social media that we do. So when it comes to protecting your privacy, that is your privacy. Where your children go to school, where you work, that is your privacy. So you don't want to be exposing yourself, Mm. um, videoing in your uniform or with your badge on that says NHS or whatever. You just need to be careful with with things like that. Passwords, yes, great, but hackers... Like I said, a, a hacker can get your password, but it's when someone starts going into the more nitty gritty. Yes, the deeper things. sense of it. Yeah. And you've just opened up a real can of worms there in a the sense of, yeah, it's the online presence that we're mm. trying to protect, but it should be the offline presence that which is really yeah. meant to be protected because, um, yeah, it's it's can be dangerous really, isn't it? Mm. Having that whole... And we know that in this day and age, we're in 2023 now, and we, you know, everything's social, mm. everything's online, your life's online, you don't have anything on paper anymore. It's just everything is done through that medium. But we're just looking at ways in which we can actually protect not only our social media accounts, but also looking at um, protecting ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. So if you notice any of the following activity, you may have been act. What what those things that may show uh, your email or password have been changed your name or birthday have changed friend requests have been sent to people you don't know messages have been sent that you didn't write and posts have been made that you didn't create mm, that's right so i know that um, recently um one of our fellow presenters i received an email and i thought that's a bit strange because oh, click on the link yeah yeah that's because i know that so I had to email them first. So if you if you know if you get something from someone and you know it's out of character as well, check and just see that and ask them, have you sent me this? Mm. And then that's one way we can find out whether we have been hacked or not. Because yeah, we we definitely don't want to yeah. Yeah. You know, we've got to recognise and we can be one of the first people that can alert our friends and family whether they have been hacked or not. Mm-hmm. All right. So should we quickly continue on with that? Okay. So this is it. So email password change, birth dates changed, friend requests from people that you don't know, 
messages that you didn't write have gone out to your friends, as well as posts that may have been created by you, which you know that you didn't create. Those are probably ways in which you can know that you have been hacked. Take swift action. What do we do in that case? Um... What do you do? Yeah, what would you Reset do? Reset your password. Yeah. <coughs> Reset your password. Um, let your friends know. Let your friends everyone. know this wasn't me that sent this post. Any posts that do get sent that it wasn't you, delete the posts. Mm. Um, but the one thing with the internet, once it's out, it's out, so it's kind of pointless to do that. But change your password. Okay, so remember, unique password. Don't use your name. Don't use personal information. Um try and have it as naturally Lily said not necessarily just a, a, a capital letter at the beginning but put them in the middle and use numbers as well as punctuation marks to make it unique all right so beautiful people our listeners will see y'all in five online and on your smart speaker playing all the best songs of flavors radio we all have an amazing ability to learn new things Work can be a challenge, but learning new skills can help you get on at work, start your own business, or even get you back into work. And as your skills improve, you could see your earnings flourish too. Did you know that with better qualifications, you could earn between two and £3,000 more a year? So don't let anything stop you. Get in touch with your local college or learning provider to find out what course or training you could do. Our future, it's in our hands. Dummy Lucian Promotions and All Flavours Radio present We Ready to Party Again. On Saturday, the 25th of February 2023, on board the luxurious Theresa Joanne, which is permanently moored at the King George V Dock, Woolwich Manor Way, E16, 2QY. On this night, we will also celebrate the 44th year of independence for St. Lucia. From 9.30pm till 3.30am, come and be entertained by Ninja Man Lloyd, Mikey Afri, DJ Specialist, DJ Redboy, DJ Markler and the All Flavours Radio Team. Your MC for the night is Rude Boy Keith. Come and jam to the sweet sounds of soca, Afrobeats, country, reggae, R&B and much more. There's a free run punch for the first 100 tickets, so get your £15 tickets today from Eventbrite and getyourtickets.co.uk. For more information, call 07401. 388251. That's 07401388251. We ready to party again. Saturday the 25th of February. The last one sold out. I'm just saying. saying, saying, saying Give me the music. A legacy of bread funk and soul music. Imagination featuring Lee John. 40-year anniversary signed limited edition 17 CD box set with the hits Music and Lights, Bobby Talk, Just an Illusion, Flashback, So Good, So Right, and many more. Box set includes never-before-heard 12-inch mixes, live performances, and unreleased recordings. Available February 10th, 2023. Pre-order now at www.lejohn.com. Right, lads. Our route's been compromised. Insurgents are up ahead and waiting. We need to bug out. Smithy, stay here, and I need you to give me eyes until I give you the word. Yes, you. Listening to the radio. I need you here in my team. There's an army job waiting for you right now.
Great experience, great prospects, great training. Visit your local Army Careers office. Be the best. The more you listen, the more great music you hear. All Flavors Radio. to George Flavors. Sour Malaysia, how are you guys doing? Some great stuff with the reggae last night. I'm loving those originals. Do they come out of chocolate dreams, George Flavors? Let me know. Also, give it a big shout out to Chrissy and family. How are you guys doing? And a big brat, 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 you know, to Corey E8. Always bring it every single Monday. And a big shout out there to you, DJ B Funk, Adam Munich. It's true. And Mark Philogene, great to hear you back on the airwaves. Mark's out of Bremen. So giving a big shout out to the TikTok crew. How you guys doing? You know we go live on TikTok and you can see us in real time. Sounds here of the emotions. A feeling is a thing. Giving a big shout out to Ninja Man Lloyd, guest 500 out of Nuremberg, guest 532, guest 713 out of Dusseldorf, guest 847, the Jam Girls. That's right, giving a shout out to Jaden and Janae. Guys, it's your bedtime. No, wait, it's not your bedtime soon. So we'll let you off. And that was the sounds there of the emotions and a feeling is.
Earthwind and Fire there After the love is gone They don't make them like that anymore What do you say naturally, Lily? No, they just sample them <laughs> Yes, they do they do. And make something else Listen to the joke, yeah <laughs> the joke. Remember Tony Braxton um, He was a man enough for me right? Yeah So obviously Burner Boy's Last Last is Has sampled that song Yes I was playing the original, yeah, yeah the Tony Braxton version. I've got it here. I was going to play it tonight, actually. Jayla's like, "Hey, mummy, it's last last," <laughs> and hear me come like my water. No, Jayla, this is original. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know that you've hey, passed over to the next generation, guys. <laughs> 
now she that's calls it old know. music. Oh no. At least they're sampling it, right? To yeah, give it I new guess. breath of life, like, you know. Wow. Boom, up. That's, oh, that's funny. No, it's lost. So, last. in our history section, I don't know if you, um, beautiful listeners, if you have heard of Zora Neale Hurston. I'm sure you have heard of Zora Neale Hurston. She's an American author and anthropologist born in the 19th century. And she was born in the month of January. Yes. Oh, yeah, you too, naturally, Lily. So both her parents were John and Lucy and Hurston, and they were former slaves. Her father was a pastor and her mother doesn't really say what her mother did, but they moved from wherever they were to Florida, out of where they, you know, she was born to Florida. And when she was a young child, she, yeah, her mother died in 1904. Her father remarried almost immediately. That tells you something sometimes about someone when they... Do you think so? Not really. I think back in those days, mm. it was the men didn't really care for the children. So sometimes it was more for the companionship and okay. the support of looking after the children, weren't it? Yeah, yeah. But then she was sent to boarding school, kicked out because her father stopped paying the tuition. Oh, dear. And then she had to work as a maid for a travelling theatrical company in order to support herself and continue her education. What's next on her story there, naturally, Lily? So it says she enrolled in Morgan College in 1917 and graduated a year later in 1918. She went to Howard University for her undergraduate degree. And there she studied Spanish, English and Greek, along with public speaking and co-founded a student newspaper called The Hilltop. She published some of her earliest work there. So that's where she started publishing. She completed her degree in 1920. And then in 1925, she was offered a scholarship to Barnard College in Columbia University at Columbia University where she conducted research in anthropology with a distinguished anthropologist named Franz Boas. She received her BA, Bachelor of Arts, in anthropology in 1928 at the age of 37, but Mm. spent two more years at Columbia working as a graduate student. That tells me something, 37 to receive your first Bachelor of Arts. You're never too old when it comes to our education. Mm. We're never too old to go back to school and do what it is and in anthropology anthropology that's writing is it that's like is that what that is anthropology yeah. what do you say she was, I we're not doing the word of the day today was... anthropology what is it you have to write definition definition let's find it you said anthropology degree there anthropology well, see we weren't doing the word of the day beautiful the study listeners. of Human associates Culture. and cultures. Yeah, that's what I, yeah. I didn't think it was anything to do writing. Okay. But is that part of the it? The study like, of human biological and psychological characteristics. And there's, oh, so it's a study of people. Okay. So anthropology, yeah. a study of people. Okay. Hi there, Pele. And so she studied this culture and you can see that come through in some of her works mm-hmm. the way that she writes when you go on a um she what's that word there's book that she's written quite a few actually there's one that um i see god is that watching that was we'll go on and find out yes. yeah and i've read it i've got it there on my shelf so hurston moved to harlem's neighborhood in new york where she made a number of influential friends including renowned poets and social activists such as langston hughes and County Cullen, 
There was a burgeoning art scene in New York, of which um, Neil Hurston soon became a part of. Her apartment was noted as a famous meeting place for leading intellectuals of the, ti- intellectuals of the time. She also travelled extensively to conduct research for her books, such as Southern States of US, as well as Caribbean Islands. On, on each of her travels, she noticed the local cultural practices and details, which she published in her first 1935 book titled Mules and Men. She also contributed articles to several magazines, including the Journal of America, Folklore. Over the next two years, she travelled to Haiti and Jamaica and conducted further research and published her findings in her 1938 book titled Tell the Horse. So that's two of her works there. Two of her works that was noted there, yeah. Mules and Men and Tell My Horse. I've never I've never seen any of those ones. Do you no. know who Zora Neale Hurston is? Have you heard of her before? Nope. You But she doesn't write novels, it seems. It seems she writes about people. She does write and novels. Cultural life. Because I've read Their Eyes Were Watching God. You must have heard of that book, Their Eyes Were Watching God. No. Really you, you'd like that book. You'd love that book, in fact. And because it tells a story of a young woman, she was married and the the husband goes off. She goes off on her journey, meets someone else and just all of the trials and tribulations that, that she goes through with this new fellow that she meets. I think he gets bitten by a dog, dies of rabies. There's a flood, all sorts of things going on. And that's set in the South. That is set in the South. All right. So what is that um, mule bone what's that all about when she wrote her the play she wrote so she also wrote several plays such as mule bone a comedy of negro life in collaboration with langston hughes the work led to a dispute which eventually ended their friendship she wrote other plays such as the great day from the sun to oh sorry from sun to sun and color struck zora's most famous work was the one you're speaking about the Mm. eyes their Eyes Were Watching God, a novel published in 1937, written while she was travelling to Haiti. Her other notable works include Jonah's Gourd Vine, published in 1934, How It Feels to Be Coloured Me, an essay published in 1928, and Dust Tracks on a Road, her autobiography published in 1942. In her later life, she worked freelance for various magazines and newspapers. The thing is with Zora Neale Hurston, <clears throat> although we, we can see that the years that she wrote these books, yeah, they they still have a kind of ring to life as it is today. Like relationships, she, she tackles relationships. Um, what else does she tackle? Just the how hard people have to work, I think, in um, that one, their eyes were watching God because that's the really one of the only ones that I know of her. But can you see the amount of work mm. that she's published? And really, for her not to kind of go off in obscurity because she won't, because she is someone that they, one of the literary people that they look at in universities and college and so forth. Because her writings, she wrote really well. Mm. She wrote really, really well. So th- these are some of the titles that naturally Lily just mentioned there. Things such as Jonah's Gourd Vine, things such as uh, it feels um, how it feels to be coloured me, and the kind of things that we're tackling in this same that last one she wrote at uh, their nineteen forty two dust tracks on a road, 
was written in 1942, but still it has quite significant meaning for us in these times that we live in today. Yeah, but the the, the thing is, if we unaware kind of a of these writings then again they will go off into obscurity mm. so it is it, something nice to to look into you know the sad thing is when we look at the rest of um um Zora Neale Hurston's life I mean in 1948 she was accused of molesting a 10 year old boy the charges were proved to be false as she had been travelling in Honduras at the time. You see what people do to you as well, mm. just malign your name um, of, at the time of the crime. But the rumours greatly affected her personal life and she was also in financial difficulties and was finding it hard to get her work published, especially after her open criticism of the US Supreme Court's decision in 1955 case of Brown versus Board of Education regarding segregation of black and white schools. So this is something that we would, I mean, we've seen a change, but there are things now, there's something that we're going to talk about next week, actually, things that they're implementing into schools that, again, it will cause a ruckus. So with um, Zora Neale Hurston, in her time, it was about segregation. And in our times... Look at that. Over the holidays, lots of um, boycotting and not going on the tube, strikes and all this stuff going yeah. on, you know. So these things still... But that was more to do with, with pay and things like yeah. that. Just the discrepancies. And that's not just a certain social class, it's everybody. Mm. So mm. I think her writings for the time were... Most probably, yeah, mm. um, because that even down to the segregation of schools. Yes, we do have even in this country we have some some segregation sometimes when you mm. look at the more higher end universities and who they take on as as students. Um, I feel that in America, for all the fighting that they did for segregation to be able to integrate they still segregate themselves. So I don't really understand that concept. Yeah. Um, because I still think when you listen to the way some of them talk, oh, I went to a black college, I went to, you know, but this you fought for segregate, you, you fought to end segregation and um, for your right to go to a, a high Ivy League school, that's what they're called, isn't it? Mm. Um, but then you still promote going to a black college and some people did like um the barack obama's wife michelle obama mm. she went to howard i think university yeah howard university but she, she also went to harvard see so but howard and harvard i think they were still both two ivy league schools yeah but yeah. isn't howard a black no no because she never saw any representation of herself they're not even black women weren't even there. oh it's brown brown so, is the black college you know isn't it? so still in our time that does exist and mm. the reason why I brought up the boy, the boycotting and the strikes is that look um, Zora Neale Hurston she spoke on she she had an opinion on something and she spoke on it just mm. like here now in this time we can have an opinion and speak on things such as the strike this that was the kind of correlation I was yeah, trying to draw yeah, there yeah. and sadly you know these things are still happening down to this day this mm. she started when was she born Zorn 1891 1891 she was born and the fight was on men 
and the fight is still on now. This is kind of what I was trying to point towards. And that's what maligned her name was the fact that she was an activist. Mm. She spoke on these matters and that that um, maligned her. But she married, didn't she? She got married um, twice. Once in 1927 to a jazz musician named Herbert Sheen, which lasted for four years. And again in 1939 to a man 25 years her junior. Oh, she won't get over that either. Wow, oh, 25 years younger. Mm-mm. That only lasted eight months. That Obviously. makes sense, the reasons why. But she, Zora Neale Hurston, she died broke. And, you know, she they still don't know where her grave is till today because she's in an unmarked grave which is really sad for all of the work and everything that she did. It's a sad situation, isn't it? I feel that is so wrong for humanity. Just, Mm. I know it costs money to put words on a gravestone, but even a a, a plaque that says, here lies Zora, do you know what I mean? Like, how do you go Mm. through life contributing to society and then you end up getting put in a mass grave. Like, it just, to me, that's just, it's outrageous. And the thing is, it was a contribution. She'd done so much, so much. I mean, now, obviously, her works are being revived because um, who's the guy with the great eyes? Uh, Michael, the Ely. Yeah. Ely. And it was the pretty um, one that won the Oscar, Halle Berry. Yeah. They, they actually did a film, Their Eyes Were Watching God. Have you never okay, seen it? No. Right, so they, they starred in a, a movie, Their Eyes Were Watching God, obviously based on Zora Neale Hurston's story. Mm-hmm. So it's out there. Her works, are they really... I'd love to get a box set or something of it. You probably mm. can, I don't know. Yeah. But she did so much. And to die in that state, it's quite sad. It is, isn't it? It's quite sad to die in that state. It like... Is. Um, not even remembered in, like you said, an unmarked grave. The, the least they could have done is put a plaque or something up there. Do you know there. what I mean? Like, but people pay for wooden chairs to have a little little gold plaque mm. or carvings. I just, I just don't understand the concept that you, you. I mean, I don't know how much she paid into the system, but she would have paid into the system yeah. because she would have paid to go to university. So you've paid to go into the system, and there's, you, there's no way, no one knew who she was when she died. But then it's looking at the time as well, at the time. So, and again, 1955, that was even before the civil rights movement. Mm. She didn't even live past that, did 1960. she? 1960. So it was just when the civil yeah. rights movement was coming in. So she was obviously one of the first forerunners or speakers on that subject of civil rights. Because like she said, the, the Brown versus Board um, case in education regarding segregation. So she was one of the first ones to speak up on it. And you do see that in her works as well. But sadly, she died broken alone in 1960. So let's remember these ones. Remember these ones that have made a mark. And maybe check out some of her books naturally, Lily. I know that you'd like them. I know that you've not gone for your reading phase though at the minute, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> at the moment, I'm reading comic books. So Okay, oh, there you go. She's on to yeah, the comic books. I've, I've gone back to reading a little bit, yeah. But let's remember these ones, okay? Because they really did have an impact and make a mark on all of us, all of our lives. And yeah, let's, let's, let's tap into these ones, all right, beautiful listeners. And we'll see y'all in five. 
online and on your smart speaker. Playing all the best songs. Oh, Flavors Radio. We all have an amazing ability to learn new things. Work can be a challenge, but learning new skills can help you get on at work, start your own business, or even get you back into work. And as your skills improve, you could see your earnings flourish too. Did you know that with better qualifications, you could earn between two and three thousand pounds more a year? So don't let anything stop you. Get in touch with your local college or learning provider to find out what course or training you could do. Our future, it's in our hands. Dummy Lucian Promotions and All Flavors Radio present We Ready to Party Again. On Saturday, the 25th of February 2023, on board the luxurious Theresa Joanne, which is permanently moored at the King George V Dock, Woolwich Manor Way, E16, 2QY. On this night, we will also celebrate the 44th year of independence for St. Lucia. From 9.30pm till 3.30am, come and be entertained by Ninja Man Lloyd, Mikey Afrique, DJ Specialist, DJ Redboy, DJ Markler and the All Flavours Radio Team. Your MC for the night is Rude Boy Keith. Come and jam to the sweet sounds of soca, Afrobeats, country, reggae, R&B and much more. There's a free run punch for the first 100 tickets, so get your £15 tickets today from Eventbrite and getyourtickets.co.uk. For more information, call 07401. 388251. That's 07401388251. We ready to party again. Saturday the 25th of February. The last one sold out. I'm just saying. saying, saying, saying Give me the music. A legacy of bread funk and soul music. Imagination featuring Lee John. 40-year anniversary signed limited edition 17 CD box set with the hits Music and Lights, Body Talk, Just an Illusion, Flashback, So Good, So Right, and many more. Box set includes never-before-heard 12-inch mixes, live performances, and unreleased recordings. Available February 10th, 2023. Pre-order now at www.lejohn.com. Right, lads. Our route's been compromised. Insurgents are up ahead and waiting. We need to bug out. Smithy, stay here, and I need you to give me eyes until I give you the word. Yes, you. Listening to the radio. I need you here in my team. There's an army job waiting for you right now. Great experience, great prospects, great training. Visit your local army careers office. The more you listen, the more great music you hear. Oh, Flavors Radio. Yeah. 
out there. Shout out George Flavors there in the chat room. As well as Corey E8. That's George and Corey on a Monday evening. You can also catch George on a Sunday. Big shout out to DJ B Funk. JB Funk, you can catch him tomorrow on Wednesday from 12. Yeah. As well as a Saturday morning from 10 till 12. No I'm not forgetting Mark from the gym. You can catch Mark on a Monday, 6 till 8, and on a Sunday. Four till six. <coughs> and how you doing, Pele Hoxton out of Winnerish? Don't forget you can catch DJ Laro tonight. From eight till ten. And not forgetting AT Francis. From 10 till 12. And don't forget we're being joined also by Live Unity FM Global and Unity FM Global UK. Sounds of Ladisi thinking of you.
Sorry, I missed that rewind there, George. But it is a big tune. Sounds of Ladisi. And a big shout out to Gal Gal. How you doing, Gal? Ninja Man Lloyd. How you doing, Ninja Man Lloyd? Big shout out to Guest 47. Out of Bradford or Bristol. How you doing, Cal? Guess 532 out of Hayes. Guess 573 out of London. 713 out of Dusseldorf. Guest 847 out of Glasgow. How you doing, Lisa, out of Guildford? And the Jam Girls out of London. How you doing, DJ KJB? A big shout out to Ray Chanel and John John and Asani and to Marjak and Isha, Tai Tai, Isa and Anaya. Oh, that's okay, DJ B Funk. That was a special he did last week on a Wednesday. Give me a big shout out to Bella Ara. The radical side of All Flavors Radio. Thinking of you, La DC, in the mix right there. And yeah, oh wow. I'm really looking forward to 2023, naturally, Lily, because we don't know what the music. I know that um, DJ George Flavors had some nice new reggae tracks. Ooh. Yeah, and they were sounding kind of fly and hot, you know. And I'm wondering what um, 2023 will bring when it comes to the music scene. What do you think? <laughs> she's holding her breath everybody so what is our question what question is it that we are going to be tackling tonight with our lovely listeners so the question for today is will the caribbean community survive population decline what are your thoughts out there beautiful listeners do you think that the caribbean community we're talking about now will survive the decline in when it comes to the population now we know the caribbean what does the caribbean consist of naturally lily that's such a vague question like the caribbean so it's just the set of islands isn't it in the caribbean like jamaica st lucia that that was a question is yeah, yeah yeah i guess um central central american countries and caribbean islands kind of come under the same mm. umbrella i think Caribbean, what does it consist of? I don't think good food, yeah, good drinking, and nice hot nice sunshine. Music. Yeah. Nice music, yeah. I think that it's talking more when it comes to the UK, the the decline of the the numbers. Oops, sorry. I think that's that's kind of what they're 
talking about when mm. it comes to about will the Caribbean community survive population decline? And that's because it's only because there's low birth rates and mm. more mixed relationships. Mm. The elderly are joining their ancestors. And, you know, this is all contributing to the, the numbers on the census diminishing or falling. I don't... Think? Partly yes, okay. Mm. There are going to be low. There are low birth rates. There've been low birth rates for the last few years across the board. Yeah. Um, and yes, there are a lot more mixed relationships where you've got um, interracial relationships, but also um, Africans and Caribbeans mm. and in Asians and Caribbeans. So there's been a lot of um, mixing of cultures. But I also feel like Caribbeans are the ones that don't fill out like the paperwork properly. Is that what it is? Especially, I don't. I'm not saying census, that's the only reason. The census that we're talking about. Here, I'm not right? saying that's the only. Yeah, but when you think of the the, the paperwork, mm. you've got Black British, you've got Black Caribbean, you've got Black African, and then Black African has its subsections. Yes. Even though Black Caribbean should have subsections as well, but I digress. Um, I can almost pinpoint mm. that black Africans are filling out black African. They are, yes. Black Somalis and, and other um They put African black they are putting that they're African, yeah. yeah. Caribbeans are putting black British. Because But it's still Caribbean because it was still coming no, to no, black no. British, right? No, because black British is not black Caribbean. Okay. That is you erasing your Caribbean heritage. Right. Or or you've got the other black Caribbeans that are the other side of the spectrum and then they're taking black Africans. <laughs> <laughs> so in a sense, yes, we have got low birth rates, we have got in um cultural relationships, and you have got unfortunately the elderly with the older generation now are passing on and we've got a much a much younger population mm. but you know through conversations with people within the caribbean community you know when you're talking and when you're saying things out loud you hear them say oh i don't tick that box i don't tick that i'm black the thing i don't is, when tick you go this into, when you go into hospital surely when the paperwork is filled out that that the hospital has that onus on say my what is the origin or what your What's your... When when do they ask you that background. when you go to hospital? Because they... Well, you fill in forms, don't you? Yeah, but they the... say, they are you black British? Right. They may ask you where your family is from, but mm. they're not ticking Caribbean for you. You have to... You ha you tick that box yourself. Right, right. So when, when I pick, fill out paperwork, I always tick Caribbean. I don't... Mm. I'm not that... I don't... I don't Anyway, we had this conversation before. But, mm. you know, there are there are some of us that will still tick Black Caribbean, even on um, schooling paperwork, Black Caribbean, when you apply for a job, Black Caribbean. But how many of us are actually... Because we are the ones that are ticking the, the census. There's, yeah, so in the census, um, even if you do write UK Black, they will have a sense that you have come... No, because no, you could won't. say that you come from Africa, perhaps. I'm not too And too UK sure Black, that. according to them, if you have been in this two generations down or even one generation down, you count yeah. as British English. Right. So you can tick UK Black, you could still be UK Black and be African. Mm, yes, yeah, yeah. We are the ones that don't tick the Caribbean box. 
Mm. And then even now, you've got the next generation who's our children's children who have completely... They've got two black Caribbean parents, but they've completely lost touch with the fact that they're Caribbean as well, unless you are drilling it into them. Like, I am very, very pro... We are a Caribbean family. That's what Mm. I promote in my household. But they, they may not... When they get to college and when they get to university and they go to apply for jobs they may what not take the Caribbean ideas. box what are your thoughts out there beautiful listeners do you feel that the is it down to ticking a box that makes us or shows that the Caribbean community is having a population decline is it just a matter that the numbers are not adding up or maybe we're not just not um we're not ticking those boxes in order to say hey the Caribbean population isn't declining, but we're just not ticking a box. What are your thoughts? Call us now on 07895-134713. That's 07895-134713. So we're here speaking on will the Caribbean community survive population decline? So fears for the future, could could the community that gave us the Notting Hill Carnival eventually fade away? Or the Caribbean community in Britain has faced a sharp decline in numbers while African communities have surged, prompting fears that Caribbeans could eventually vanish. So the Caribbean Caribbean community were the only ethnic community group to show a decline in the recent population census, which experts suggesting this could be because of low birth rates, more mixed race relationships and the older generation returning to the islands. So naturally, lately, insane. If you if you sign a census, then you do have to tick those boxes, right? Yeah, but I, again, I don't agree with it's the decline in our population because of low birth. I I honestly okay, let's look at it this way. Yeah, mm. we have become the woke generation, right. so to speak. Mm. That that paragraph that you just read said there's been an increase in the African yeah. population. So let's look at it this way. You've got people travelling to this country, even though now it's difficult to even get into England, but anyways, people travelling to this country from African countries, they come here to work. That will give an increase in African Mm. countries. Not many Caribbeans are coming here. Yeah? So fine. Then you've got um, black Caribbeans having children with black Africans. Right. So then the automation is the African trumps the Caribbean. I'm just, just yeah, being yeah, devil. Yeah. So then more than likely their children are going to tick the African box. Yeah. And then you've got the woke generation who are, no, we're all from Africa. Everybody black from Africa, them woke generation. So those people that are promoting that narrative are ticking black African. So mm. you're going to have even people that would have ticked Caribbean before, are now saying no, I don't I don't identify with my Caribbean roots. Saying that their children don't identify with it. No, they're now that population of people that was that may be from the Caribbean mm. are now saying I don't Id- identify. I know I was from Jamaica or whatever, but I'm not identifying with my Caribbean roots. I'm African. I know people that do that. Mm. I'm not Caribbean. I'm not from Trinidad and whatever. I'm African. And they're ticking the African box. The thing is, now there has been a breakdown when it comes to education. When it comes to education regarding 
Caribbean and African roots because not mm. everyone in the yeah. Caribbean came yeah. from Africa. This is a fallacy <laughs> that has been taught mm. in schools, in the school system. There was, was a lot of... Yeah, not everyone came from Africa. In fact, I think there was a very minute amount of people that came from Africa that went over into the Caribbean. They were there already. A lot of those people were actually there already. And it's understanding and identifying. I think that's where the discrepancy is because we've been sold that narrative for so long. So now people people that are learning that information. Yes, but then there, there are people that will learn that, that will still say, no, I'm African. Mm. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think yeah. I do agree there is a decline in the Caribbean population. And hopefully we don't. Well, we're not going to die out because we're still going to be born in the Caribbean. It's just not necessarily they're going to be in this country. They're not becoming here. Yeah. But then as well, you've got another this this next generation where they're doing a lot of traveling. So though there are a, there is a decline in birth rates and things like that, the generation that before wouldn't have gone to university or may not have had access to travel and things like that from the Caribbean background, they are now doing that stuff. So when it comes time to fill out this paperwork and, you know, tell the man where you're from. um, And how long is it since they've been keeping records and documents? Because a Caribbean population here in the UK there's also always been a presence here in the UK of a black population mm. or a demographic here in the United Kingdom. It's, you know, more than 100 years before the Empire Windrush landed, that's what they're saying, black people had already formed a presence in Britain. So during the Roman conquest, there were black people here, okay, and during the 16th and 18th centuries, well, don't forget the Moors. A lot of the Moors built the castles, up in Scotland, all these kind of places. Yeah, but we, we weren't. Were we weren't the. We weren't the. We're still not the majority, but we weren't mm. the majority. And you got to think that Windrush generation, they would have boosted the population. Yeah, but true. then that's my next point now, because I'm fast for talk about the decline in black Caribbean in the Caribbean population when they tried to send half of us home last year. Yes, well, so that's true as well. Maybe that's why the decline is. You know, not ticket a box because they sent you home in a plane or yes. locked you up or to Rwanda. At the borders. Rwanda as well, right? right. So, so yeah. I, th- I actually find that a bit of a cheat. The population is in decline, but you sent half the population back to the Caribbean. Absolutely, over the last couple of years. And so I, was, I wasn't even thinking. I wasn't even thinking of that in the sense of yeah, they did send a lot of brothers and sisters home that weren't even you know? born in the Caribbean. <laughs> there you go. So there's there's a lot of factors that are kind mm. of adding up when it comes to the reasons why mm. that population is declining. What did you just who's seen that, and you Corey? can You can understand as well why people yes. may be averse to ticking that box now because it's the fear of... Remember there was a point where we wanted to get our Jamaican passport or whatever mm. and then you thought, oh, no, maybe I shouldn't get it because... They're going to send me to. back. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like now all of a sudden I've, I've claimed another heritage. They want to ship me back to, to the Caribbean. But then... Um, Corey has already also said that the first black person, the first person in the UK was black Cheddar Man. So yes, yes, yes absolutely. We 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 are everywhere, and I know even historians. There was a woman, you know, that little old lady. She got white hair. Oh yes, the I don't know her name. The map. She debunks mm. everything, and she says she does say 
the only time that race came into play was when the Spanish Inqu- it was the Spanish Inquisition. Mm. That was when race became a thing. Okay, but before that, we are all just one race. We are the human race, but we're different hues, mm. different hues different shades of, of brown. wherever we've lived. That's what you know. When we live in Africa, you need more menelin because mm. you know, there's a protection from the sun and the further away you get, you don't need all these kind of things. So I know we're talking on the Caribbean, the population here in the UK, but we we I mean we have been everywhere. I'm talking about black people but not necessarily from the um, Caribbean people or African people or um, people from Hawaii or because, you know, those are uh, black people as well, you know. Mm. They're not saying, oh, is there a decline in the Hawaiian population in the UK because it's practically non-existent, right? No, because we became a large population mm. in the 60s. It says Britain okay. saw a step... A steep rise in migration from West Africa and the capital in the 1960s. Mm. But also you had Windrush generation that came in the 40s and 50s. So we were a big population of Caribbeans. And the culture mm. was Caribbean. Now when you... I remember when I was in school, it was fashionable. Uh, Africans weren't saying they were African. They were saying they were Jamaican. <laughs> Everyone wanted to be Jamaican in school. Yeah, because it was fashionable to be a yardie. Mm. Not like yeah, but you know, everyone it was fashionable fashionable to be Jamaican. When you think of the African population, there were a lot of Africans as well that were here. It says that they settled in areas like Peckham and Dalston. Mm. But the difference is their population will continue to grow boost, yeah. because they continue to have families and that's another thing as well they have quite big they have bigger families than the we thing do is, have you been to dawson or peckham lately please have I don't. you seen the change and yeah. even here in like north london th- there's a change and I, I never knew that there were so many white people in England. I'm not being funny. We are only 4%. I know we're only 4% but <laughs> I, I grew up live in London. <laughs> I grew up in Hackney right and there was a lot of black people Caribbean people. Exactly. No, no, that's not true because there was only two families. My my family and uh, our neighbours were the only Caribbeans. And the rest were African? On, no, the oh. rest were English or Irish oh. on the block. So there wasn't many of us, but then there was a, some families over there, but we were just dotted around like, yeah, 4% mm. out of a full kind of demographic of um caucasian people mm. so it was quite minor mm. but they, then they were we were more as you rightfully said caribbean families as opposed to african caribbean african families so when did the african community start coming in i mean they've always been here but when do they really they've become always, predominant in, they've in always the uk been, I, I i do think it is when they they come here they have families they have larger families than we mm. do we will have you know I, I hate to say it but maybe the population where you would have a single mum and she'd have one or two children whereas with the african Ghanaians and the and the nigerians and the bigger families the bigger fam- they had they still had the mum was here by herself and the dad was back home or whatever but they still have bigger families mm. but also again with they here it speaks about the um uh in the the cultural relationships and i think that 
they're specifically talking about the white and black mix and I don't think that is the case there's a lot I more think blends, there's a lot more blends and, and yeah. you have got Ghanaians going with Caribbeans and mm. there's an African Afro-Caribbean mix but when you have the Afro-Caribbean mix it's whatever culture is more dominant in the household that becomes the culture that you are then or um, dependent on the mother the culture of the mother I, yeah. I would have thought it's more the you know and and Corey says there was, you're right, Corey, that there was a large influx in the mid-80s yes. when a lot of the African families um, started coming in because we didn't really see much Ghanaians mm. and Ni- maybe the Nigerians, you might have because they used to fiddle the system. I, I shouldn't even say that, but that's, <laughs> you know. Or, um, but yeah, more Ghanaians came mm. in possibly around 80s, 90s, maybe even a bit later that you saw more Ghanaian people coming so, into the country. thinking of that example, Ghanaian, my best friend is mm. mixed race. <clears throat> yes. Yeah? He's Ghanaian and Jamaican. Okay. But he's a Ghanaian because, like you said, the mum is mother, Ghanaian. But yes. she has six children. I think he's got, like, two, bro- two brothers and four sisters. Mm. Um, so seven of them. He's the youngest. But they are Ghanaian. So when he ticks ticks that box he will tick african and his children now his wife my best friend is caribbean yeah but does she tick black caribbean or she does she tick black british for the children for herself for the for for herself and for the children right and then when they do again with the children they're mixed race because is a mixture of races the 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 african and the the caribbean there's only one race the cultures are mixed yeah so what did they tick? Do they tick African or do they tick Caribbean? Mm. Because he talks to them in 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 tree. The grandma talks to them in tree, but the other side of the family are all Caribbean. Yeah, British Caribbean. Because that's more, lovely. That it's a culture. So it's it's not that a decline in the Caribbean. When we look at the wording, let's look at the wording again. It's not a decline in um, the Caribbean community surviving the community is still there yeah the community will always be there um but yeah a lot of uh the older ones they were either sent back or they went back or they have passed on but it's it's i guess it's our generation because we were kind of the second generation coming out of the ones that came on mm. windrush so or they didn't all just come on a boat as they say some of them <laughs> flew and you know that's how they got here so it's not just it's the second generation mm. and how we identify ourselves. And what I love is um, I know that we have a boat party coming up very soon um, when it comes to uh, the trees of Joanne. And this is a St. Lucian community and they are very much community here in yeah. the UK. I don't know the numbers because we're from like a Jamaican uh, community. But the thing is on ethnicity forms, they don't say like you rightfully said. Yeah, it's just Caribbean. Yeah. So, you know, that's, you, you know. You will go, so, I remember when I was signing up to uni and the drop down, so you had a drop down and this was me as well being a bit bougie. Mm. Drop down for Caribbean, it's just Caribbean. Yeah. There's no differentiation. Then you have the drop down for African. You can select, are you Somali? Are you da 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 And I was like, why do they get to... No, it's Black African. Be specific. I, I recently, um, we had something in the autumn for a club and on their, that ethnicity It was form, just African. Even they had white other. So they didn't even have white Turkish. It was just oh, black. Wow. It was white, English, Irish, white other. 
and on the form it was black, um, African, uh, Caribbean. So it didn't differentiate at all. So you can even say where you came from. But what so if you're that, what if you're a, a black Samoan? They're not African. It black other. It were going to under black other, and now I think they have started putting um, UK black on forms. It wasn't on that one, but they have started incorporating. But then that. to me, that is that is you. And it's gonna sound really maybe. I don't hope it doesn't sound ignorant, but that means you have no call. UK black. What is that? Second generation, second generation, Caribbean, African, however they people want to put it. And that, maybe that is where the but discrepancy that is, is coming. Com- yeah, that is where the loss is happening. Yeah. Because if you are, if your grandparents, mm. and maybe this is, this is where the grandparents and the parents try to more acclimatise to the community. And we, we, you know, they did send them to maybe public, um, private schools or put a bit more emphasis on being English. Because mm. I remember, um, <clears throat> now I say being English, but that's where you lose your culture. You, yes, we live here, but culturally, why are we losing that aspect of ourselves because we live here? Mm. Do you know what I mean? We We need to still hold on to what our cultural heritage is. And like you're saying, like you said, yes, we are African everyone came from one place and are fine but as caribbeans why are we losing that that why are we losing that heritage to become acclimatized to the to the the place that we live i don't think that we're losing the heritage because obviously we still cook the same we still cook our traditional and we will grow um bring our children up traditionally in the sense of those kind of things right but some people don't mm. it's really and i don't think it's down to a box that you tick it really is cultural. So they're saying that there's a decline in the Caribbean population. I'm not too sure if that's correct, to be fair, because we are all still... And we are mixing and blending, and we are mm. all one of the same. We are, um, you know, mixing and blending. Just a point there that it says a 21 tw- um, census... census uh, sorry, the 2021 census... Census. <laughs> census recently released shows that overall black population makes up 2.4 million, that's 4% going back there, Mm. of people living in England and Wales. A steep rise from the 1.9 million, 3.3 recorded decades earlier. So by the census, it actually hasn't gone down. It's risen, but it's just saying black population. Is that due to birth birth rates, though? Because 10 years ago would have been 2011. Mm. And... There were a lot of, I feel like there were a lot of, of, of births in between around, that time, around the twenty between 20, between 2000 and 2013, 14, there was a lot of births. Yeah, but it's saying it was the African population, they grew by 3%, uh, but the Caribbean population dwindled by one by 1%, so they did go down. But then, like you rightfully said, it's... Is it how they are reporting or ticking the boxes? Beautiful listeners, think about that one. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Do you think that it is dwindling or what's going on here? We're going to kind of touch on it again after the break. We'll see y'all in five. Call us now on 07895 134713. 
That's 10 till midnight you can catch 80 Francis not forgetting our other DJs on the station DJ Ninja Man Lloyd DJ Caddy you catch catch them on Thursday shout out Charlie Muir Darnell the Therapist, they are Wednesday people. 
and that was the sounds there of Jill Scott whenever you're around featuring George Duke and oh well funky and sexy and sassy naturally Lily, right mm. okay so continuing on with our conversation <clears throat> there Will the Caribbean community survive the population? You were saying something during the break there. Yeah, I just I was noting that um, Pro- Professor Ardy noted that Africans might be more likely to identify as African and reject Britishness mm. rather than tick Black British on the form. And then he said that um, timescales. Professor Louise Owusu Kwarteng says that there have been long term stereotyping of the Caribbean community, a lot of people identify themselves as black African, even though they may be British in the literal sense of the word. And that's one of the things I was saying earlier, that mm. people are ticking, the, the black Caribbeans are ticking British or they're ticking African. And it's sad that they are losing their heritage based on stereotypes. Mm. That I mean, stereotypes... There's stereotypes for Africans as well, but they still are very proud to be Africans. So why do we, why why are we losing our heritage? Do you know? I'm very. I don't know. I feel. I feel like I'm very strong on this topic yeah. just because I'm very. I've never really <laughs> thought about it because I've always just ticked from day dot UK black. I've always written that because growing up here, but you know, in you saying that. It does make a lot of sense that the sad thing is, do we know well if we are that percentage percentile that came from Africa that were taken to the Caribbean? Because mm. there is that link as well, right? No, because I think I think we don't even need to think back that far. I, I'm mm. I'm going to be serious. I don't even think we need to think back that far. And the, the reason why I'm saying that is because we are privileged as mm. being in this country but knowing where we're from, yeah. Because yeah? I think of um, Americans, they call themselves African-Americans. They claim African heritage because they've been told yes. you're from Africa, yeah. And then when the Caribbeans, the Jamaicans, the, the Haitians, they go and move to America, they know where they're from. They mm. know they're Haitian. They know they're Jamaican. They're very proud because they can say that I'm not African, I'm from here. And the, the African-Americans, they don't like it because they can't, they don't have that. And, and we live here, we know that, where we're from. Is that only because they don't have the record? Because as we spoke of earlier, we know that a lot of the um, black people, say we're talking about the uh, African-Americans, that they weren't necessarily African, but it's only through the schooling system and, mm. system and the educational system that has told them your life started... As a slave. As a slave. Yeah. Was that one of the things, the reasons why, uh, or the one of the ruses of the white settlers that went there to say, right, because they were in servitude for a long time, they said yeah. 400 years, to these people, how they were enslaved not necessarily coming on boats. Mm. Some of them may remember coming on boats and pass that down to their children and said, oh, we come here such and such. Mm-hmm. But then did they, some of them didn't get the privilege because they were torn away from their, so their they don't know children from. or whatever. So that they've given them a sense of displacement. Mm. In that sense, they've, they've been given that sense of dis- displacement. Us, on the other hand, getting you saying 
that our parents, we know that, right, some of them, they came. We know Grandad came by plane mm. and he left from Jamaica to go to Canada to come to the mm. UK. We know that he took that journey in order to get here and as well as... Um, but we can even, we can trace back. Mm. So we we have stories and we, we have ancestry, if you want to use that as an example, to yeah. look back and be like, oh, I have family from... You know, we started off in Panama and we mm. we got Cuban heritage and blah, blah, blah. We know that we are Caribbean. Okay. Yeah. Yes, we may have got some um, roots in Africa uh, further Along back in way, our line. Yeah. But we know that our more recent roots mm. are Caribbean and they ended with Jamaica and Dominica. We can proudly say that. And I think, why are we then now saying, no, we're British, when the African the Amer- Americans, they can't claim anywhere because they're all they've been told is you are a descendant of a, of a slave. Yeah. And actually, they may not have been descendants of slaves. They may have been the original um, Black Caribbeans and the original Native Americans, but because they are so, like you said, displaced and they don't mm. know their identity, they just accept um, African-American. What they're told, and that's, the, again, it's through the schooling and educational system that is where the floor is. So we can't really answer this question about will the Caribbean community survive population decline? Because as you rightfully said there as well, naturally, Lily, um, with your friends, one is of African and Caribbean mm. heritage, married to a Caribbean. Mm. I mean, that would make their children more Caribbean. More than Caribbean, They yeah. are African. And it's just understanding our backgrounds and knowing our roots. I think that is where the major kind of information that's where the root or the root is and it's us knowing and going on and teaching our I, young people. I was people. just going to say that and it's our responsibility to educate our yeah. younger ones on where they are from. And also taking pride in it 100%. as well because I think that as black people we're not proud of who we are mm. and I know that sometimes it, that I can am. be yes me too. <laughs> I'm a very proud Caribbean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll have to rethink that whole UK black thing. But, yes, you do. But, um, you know, but the, th- the the thing is, it's us knowing that we should re- should celebrate where, we, where we're from, mm. you know, and knowing that our ancestors, they came and they built up this country. And yes. Right, because it was, when they come, it was just like rubble and a mess. And they told us the streets were paved with gold. Right, yes. It was a... Was a total mess when they came and they come here and they built up the mm-hmm. place, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes, um, you know, I keep saying I'm on the other side of TikTok. It's a very racist side, but and I, I must say that I'm a bit of a protagonist. I don't mind because sometimes you see the true people yeah. coming out. But we got to recognise what we've come here and what we have actually done. And yeah, and in you saying that we are not proud, we are the own Caribbeans. Unfortunately. Mm. are the only culture where you don't see pride. The Indians are proud to be Indian. They make sure their children are to to make curry and and, and, um, pork pakoras and things like that. They instill that in their children. The same with the Chinese, the same with, with every other culture. Caribbeans adopt British because, no, they asked us to come here and we're, we're British. But these same people that you're claiming were ready to ship you back on the same boat they think you came from That's a right. couple of years ago. So when we when we think about 
And now if you're not careful, sorry, they'll ship you to Rwanda too. <laughs> Seriously. So then you will become African. Yes. But it, it, you really have to think about mm. the impact that you're having on the system when you disregard your Caribbean heritage. You're contributing to that narrative that we don't know who we are and we're not proud of who we are mm. and that we can allow them to just treat us anyhow because you have encouraged that narrative by calling yourself black British and not ticking the box because oh, I don't want them to know and all of this business. But actually it's not about wanting to them, them to know. It's about showing pride in who you are yeah, absolutely. and then passing that pride onto your children. Yeah, yeah. My girls laugh at me when I come out with my accent and they're like, mommy, I don't understand what you're saying, but they're going to learn <laughs> because I will, re- that's how in our household, that's how yes, I want is. it to be instilled into them. Yeah. You know, so they will be proud to then be Caribbean. Yeah, they might be a bit more far removed from being Caribbean, but, but that is who they are. Not if culturally that's what you're instilling. I exactly. It doesn't matter where you're placed on the planet. Yeah. That's that's some man that told you that because you were placed here, you're British. No, where was you? Where were you culturally from? So I can't agree with that question that we no. are declining in this here. It's just recognising who we are and staking claim on who we are, beautiful listeners. Yes. Now, lovely listeners, there's an opportunity. I'm going to post it into the chat box. It's an opportunity for all black sisters. Yeah, so if you're on the black train on um, TikTok, <laughs> um, it's one for you. So any black sister that may be interested in playing an extra in a World War II film period setting for Netflix. It's by Tyler Perry. I'm going to put a link into the chat box. It's about 100 to 400 pounds a day and it's going to be filmed in the UK. All right. So if you want to um, turn your head to a bit of acting and uh, you're interested, I'm going to post this link into the chat box. Please share it as well. And it's for all you beautiful sisters that may feel that you're in up for an opportunity to be in a Tyler Perry movie. Hey, that should be quite interesting. That's 2023. It's an opportunity. So if you feel that you're interested in, in that Tyler Perry movie casting, please www.allflavorsradio.com. And um, I have posted that into the chat box of all flavours. I cannot believe that we have come to the end of the show. Mm. It just went so fast, naturally, Lily. Really great to have you back inside the studio with us. Really, really good. And what I'd like to say, closing in on the show, because we've got literally six minutes left, is our thought for the day, beautiful listeners. And the thought for the day is happiness is an attitude. We either make ourselves miserable or happy and strong. The amount of work is the same. Mm-hmm. You get that one there, Neely? Yes, Do you want I to do. say that one in a nutshell? The same amount of effort it takes to be... Protect your peace. Miserable and happy. I, I don't think it's the same amount of effort, though. It you is. Know. I feel like... I, oh, this is what I say. Mm. It takes more muscles in your face to frown than it does to smile mm. and it's not worth it to be miserable it is it's draining to keep it up in it <laughs> it's draining my mantra has been for the lot like yesterday and today i think mm. people were surprised to see me going to work smiling 
positivity. If I don't have anything nice to say, I'm not going to speak. And every time I've gone to say something negative, I've gone, oh, it's not positive, it's not positive, it's not positive. <laughs> and that almost cheers me up, it. though. <laughs> it does. It cheers me up in that moment. Mm. Because I'm like, I'm not going to let you ruin this moment. Yeah. Yeah. So it's happiness. In you saying that, that, it says that it's in our power. Mm. It's in our power to make that step over the mark of being angry mm. or to making that step of keeping our peace. Mm-hmm. But it's a thought. It's an instant thought and it's how we react. So I'm going to say it once more. Say it once more, beautiful listeners. Happiness is an attitude. We either make ourselves miserable or happy and strong. The amount of work is the same. Mm. So thank you so much for joining us tonight here on the drive time talk show we thank you uh our wonderful chat room crew our lovely tuning crew tiktok crew been great as well as all of you silent listeners out there remember that yes after us is dj laro please check the schedules beautiful listeners because we have someone going live every single day and we have new djs joining us as well so welcome on board welcome on board and like we say just keep the love alive Mm. all right and with that being said all we'd have left to say beautiful listeners eons we will see y'all on the the other other side side. take care beautiful listeners you know i love you right i love you too ain't nobody got one
together. 